Hey everybody, welcome back to the Freshly Squeezed podcast. Today is going to look a little bit different than normal. Brooks and I are actually the guests on today's episode. Uh, a few weeks ago, a good friend of ours, Kaylee Grace, invited us on her podcast, Share the Gold, to talk about the subject of imposter syndrome, which if you don't know what imposter syndrome is, kind of sounds scary. Don't worry, I had no idea either for the longest time, but the chances are you probably experienced this phenomenon at some point in your life. Some of you may even live with this feeling all the time. Uh, this subject is something I feel is not often discussed, so I'm pretty excited to share this episode with you guys. If you enjoy the content that we create here at Freshly Squeezed and it makes a difference in your life, if you wouldn't mind writing a review or rating it wherever you consume our content, that would be awesome. Also, hit subscribe so you can stay up to date with the new episodes as they come out. Thank you so much. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. So first off, to you and y'all's definition, what, what is imposter syndrome and what's your experience with it been like? Um, Jacob, hmm. do you want to start? <laughs> sure. Um, well, I didn't. I didn't actually know what that meant. I think we actually talked about imposter syndrome when you were on our podcast. And I was like, we what? Did. what is that? And then you kind of explained it and uh, it made sense and I can relate to it. Um, I am someone who overthinks everything. And so um, I have the feeling of imposter syndrome in a lot of areas um, that I have to really be intentional about. Um, not not feeling that way because it's easy mm -hmm. it's easy to do for me especially when I want to be someone who's um, doing everything right and and perfect um, so yeah that's difficult for me I was thinking the other day when we we're when you brought up that topic I'm like what is what is imposter syndrome in like a Christian point of view because I looked up the definition. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it just, it, it's like the idea of feeling like you're not qualified, feeling like you're not good enough, and that somebody at some point is just going to break in and be like, you know, point at you and be like, you're an imposter and you're a fraud. Um, you're, you're not actually supposed to be here. <laughs> and so that's, yep. that's like the definition when I looked it up. But I think for me, if the, the question was asking to kind of define it, I think for me, um, it's kind of, it's, it's the devil who speaks to our brokenness mm -hmm. that is, uh, that is no longer ours to claim. Yeah. And he says, um, you know, he points that out and says, that's you. And, um, it's super easy to accept, accept that because that's who we are without Christ. So we're like, oh yeah, that's, that's true. You know, that's, that's who I am. It's easy to to claim it as our own. And, um, yeah, as, as a kid for me, it, it was, uh, I was like very empathetic. And when I watch movies, maybe you guys can relate to this. When I watch movies, I would like carry the sadness or the depression of, you know, one of the characters on for days after the movie mm. ended, you know, I'd be like, ah, oh, man, that's sad. And I would just carry something that wasn't mine. And, and, uh, same, same goes for inspirational movies. Like I'd watch Rocky and I'd be outside after the movie, like punching, <laughs> punching a tree and like, oh, I'm, I'm like Rocky and trying to imitate Rocky. So 
it's like that idea of imitating and, and carrying something that's not ours. Yeah. And um, anyway, I think that's exactly what the devil does. He just points to something that isn't ours, makes us look at our own humanity and our own frailty and says, that is who you are. But it's not the reality when when we're sons and daughters of Christ. Like God says, that's, you know, we're, we take on the righteousness of him. And we are his sons. We walk in the authority of the power of the Holy Spirit now. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's kind of a good way to sum it up in in like a Christian way. It's just the devil yeah. pointing out our our brokenness and trying to make us think that we're still living in that. Mm-hmm. You know, that, wow, that is like you, the way that you described that was so perfect. I'm like, I don't even think that I can add anything to that. <laughs> that was like a yeah, perfect de- perfect description. What about you, Brooks? Yeah, I have some like very big examples of feeling imposter syndrome and some really small ones. And I yeah. feel like the really small ones are the ones that really help me like unpack it. Um, but I mean, I can think of really big ones where like um, I used to lead worship regularly and being up on the stage and being like, man, I have no business being here. <laughs> yeah. Like, just being honest of just like, the things that the enemy will speak into your mind right before you leave mm-hmm. worship, which is like, yeah, if they knew what you did last night, you know, or like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. or of like that person's way more qualified, all that, mm-hmm. all this. Yeah. Oh, that, that's a big one. The Come comparison. on, comparison. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, or, um, okay, let's bring it down <laughs> into like some of the smaller, <laughs> some of the smaller things I've, I've really felt like um, inspired to start indoor rock climbing, and Ooh. like the biggest thing that has stopped me from that from wanting to just try is just like one I don't need like another hobby, and like it's gonna take a while for me to actually be good at it. And um, yeah, I just like walk into the gym and I just see people who are just way stronger than me, <laughs> or like <laughs> look, okay, this is the big the big one is like, they look way cooler than me. Um, <laughs> they look the they've part. Got, like I'm wearing the rental harness. I'm wearing the rental shoes that look <laughs> gross. Um, and, like, but I also <laughs> like work in an outfitter's store. So like, um, I'm like constantly like selling equipment to people. And I remember one mm-hmm. time I was working with someone and she was like, well, I want to like, look like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, that's definitely the number one rule to look like, you know, what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. um, fake it till you make it. Yeah. But anyway, like, but kind of taking that posture of like, you know, I am a novice, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's going to take a while for me to be good at it. Um, yeah. And the first step is just to try, you know? Yeah. And like every day I go back in, I try something just like a little more difficult. And it's not really about, um, I'm I'm not racing anyone and I'm like not trying to outperform anyone. It's really mm-hmm. about having fun. The number one thing is like having fun and yeah. like getting a workout is a byproduct of having fun, you know? Yeah. It's definitely that's like number 2 or number 3. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think like um I think a lot of imposter syndrome. I'm just, I'm fortunate to be able to like make that distinction now in my mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the times I really felt it were 
was just like awkward anxiety in school, like in middle school. Um, my Ooh, family yeah. kind of moved around a lot and I went to a lot of different schools. And I, I think in my mind, I feel it more as like the new kid syndrome more than imposter syndrome. Right. <laughs> but like yeah, the yeah. same, like the same exact feeling of like being found out or of like um, being pointed out as different or being pointed out of like, what are you doing here? Um, mm-hmm. But I just remember just like some of the first days of school at new schools, like just like feeling blood rushing to my head or like feeling like getting sweaty and like just nervous of like, oh, I can't even move or make a sound because <laughs> I'm going to like point myself out. Um, yeah. And we could go deep into like specific experiences that like negatively affected that feeling and made it yeah. pop up in other places. Yeah. Um, but I'm fortunate enough to be able to like look back at those moments and like get to decide how much weight they play into like how I feel when I walk into the climbing gym or mm-hmm. how I feel when I'm leading people in prayer, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's really good. It's, it like your experiences that you're describing, it all sounds like imposter syndrome is just simply rooted out of fear in our hearts, like different kinds of fear coming up, mm-hmm. whether it's comparison to other people or fear of not being ready enough or not having it together enough. Um, and so it really is rooted in fear. And I hadn't even heard of the term imposter syndrome till 2020, like this past summer when oh, I yeah. started podcasting. And obviously I had experienced it different times in my life. But I hadn't heard of the actual term till this year. Till I was listening to Bob Goff on his podcast, and he talked about having imposter syndrome. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. You're telling me you, who's like a best-selling author, <laughs> who sold like millions of copies of your book, and who is a successful podcaster, you have imposter syndrome. And I was like, man, I think that every single person who puts something out creatively has experienced this um, mm-hmm. who, or who has started something um, because you feel like obviously there's always going to be people who are way ahead of you, which is a good thing, and who are going to do it better than you because they've been doing it longer. And so kind of just when that comparison kicks in and you're like, oh, I'm just beginning and mm-hmm. I, I don't really know what I'm doing and I'm figuring out as I go. Um, so so then that's where the enemy comes in and says, hey, like you're, you're not yeah. enough know enough you're not successful enough you're not skilled enough and I think that's where imposter syndrome kind of comes in Mm -hmm. and so for me personally like I don't feel like an imposter unless I'm stepping outside of my comfort zone so if I'm just comfortable and I'm not (laughs) trying new things or or creating something that's out of my comfort zone um, you know I feel pretty good about it I feel pretty confident but it's when I'm taking that step outside of my comfort zone that imposter syndrome starts to creep in because I'm in a vulnerable place. Hmm. Has that been like y'all's experience that it's when you actually step out that you start feeling um, those thoughts of feeling like an imposter? 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it is pretty interesting. It's like the devil doesn't see you as a threat until you actually start to do something that God yeah. you know, asks you to do, step out of your comfort zone. And then he's like, oh, nope, you are a feel for fe- fearful person, remember? Um, here's some insecurities for you to think about. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, that is, that is like me every single time I'm asked to preach. My Mm -hmm. father-in-law, Corey is a a youth pastor 
And sometimes he asked me to, you know, teach something. And um, every single time, even when I worked at a church and was a, a preteen pastor, almost every week I had that feeling of, uh, now I have a name to uh, put on it, but it of that <laughs> imposter syndrome, of that mm-hmm. idea of like, who are you to teach these kids something that you don't do very well yourself? Mm-hmm. And without fail, every single time there's that that fear and it doesn't really go away until um, – it's kind of weird. It's not actually after I stop preaching. It's when I start. When mm-hmm. I start talking about the word of God and actually like teaching kids, my mind, it may take like a couple minutes in from thinking about how I sound to actually thinking about the kids I'm speaking to. But in some point, there's a click that I, I no longer think about myself and I'm thinking about other people and how yeah. the word of God can empower them. And then that's when I start to feel peace and and just like all of the yeah I just feel passion inside and it's just easy but I almost like it better um when Corey asked me like several days before so I don't have so much time to feel imposter syndrome (laughs) (laughs) don't don't take that Corey yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) exactly that's awesome I love that what about you Brooks similar for me I feel like all my examples right now are just like of things I'm facing on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and they seem like small things. But um, working in the store that I do, we have like different departments in different sections. And um, the thing that I'm less least competent in is uh, our boating section. So we sell like kayaks and canoes. <laughs> um, and like I worked at Outfitters before and I think I did a lot of um, excuse my lack of a better term, but like a lot of BSing. I feel like that's all I did in high school with like writing papers and stuff. <laughs> Just like <laughs> making things up. Um, Shaking it till you make it, yep. Yeah. But in this, um, in this, at this new Outfitters, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to make stuff up. Like if I don't know something, I'm going to... Um, ask for help or say, I don't know. Um, and also take the posture of like when I'm working with a customer, like if I don't know something, it's like, oh, let's learn about it together. Um, but there are times where I'm like, I'm tired of saying I don't know to this customer. <laughs> like I've told them like three times now. They're like, oh, well, what does this run for? Is this good for, um, can I use this for whitewater? And I'm like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then there's no one else around who does know. Mm-hmm. So those are tough moments where it's just like, um, it's, it's hard for me to, to take that step or to continue to be viewed as incompetent. Mm-hmm. Um, and on a, yeah. on a daily basis at your job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a real example because you are in a job where you're doing customer service. So I feel like that feeling of feeling like an imposter at your job could that could be a daily occurrence because <laughs> every day you might be asked questions that you're not sure about. Um, mm-hmm. So like you're like, oh no, 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 they're they're heading over to the boning section. <laughs> like I don't know what to, what my response will be. The fear of you're talking about the fear of admitting that you don't know, mm-hmm. and I think that is. That's a really key point because I think people will think – we think that, oh, if I admit that I don't know the answer, 
um, then people will think I'm an imposter. They yeah. think that I don't know what I'm doing. But I think that's what makes you not an imposter. That's what actually makes mm-hmm. you real when you can actually admit and say, hey, I actually don't know the answer to that question, but I would love to find out as well. And like, yeah. and go and just be honest and vulnerable about that. And I think people can really connect to that. Um, yeah. And that's just, yeah, I feel like you're not an imposter if you're willing to do that. But the enemy tries to like come in and say, hey, people are going to think that you're fake if mm-hmm. you don't have all the answers. Um, so yeah. yeah, I thought that was just like a really just a common occurrence that we probably all have. We all, we all have that fear inside of us sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like um, the place I'm where I'm at in life now, like I have the self-confidence to um, to be able to say that and to accept myself for or to kind of separate other people's expectations for me or even like the self-imposed expectations I put on myself of like, oh, well, I need to sound competent so they'll think of me as competent. But to be able to like leave work at the end of the day and like be okay with what whatever happened. But I, looking back on my younger self, I can look back on conversations that I just filled with fluff. <laughs> just to oh, say, yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah. they're like, oh, what do you, what does this do? It's like, let me tell you 20 facts that yeah. only half <laughs> of them Let me direct your attention somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean. Honestly, the way to fight that is just to ask questions back and then you just get to yeah, like, yeah. like off Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I can imagine. Don't take that advice. <laughs> I can imagine like it kind of makes me want to like support other people who are are kind of struggling with self-confidence and mm-hmm. and like it can help me see people who um may like it may wreck their day if they have a hard conversation mm-hmm. and be able to like kind of restore their point of view, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's what makes us all human and be able to, like, connect to each other. Mm-hmm. We have to understand that even the people that we look up to, like, we often put them on a pedestal, but, like, they're people just like us that also deal with yep. imposter syndrome and sometimes right. feel like they're not enough or they don't have anything to say. And they've been speaking for, you know, 15 years. Um, yeah. And they still – that's what I've been shocked to find out this year is that every person that I, like, listen to or look up to has said that they still deal with that. So mm-hmm. I think it's just it's perfectly normal if you're experiencing that. It doesn't mean that you're that you're not enough. I think everybody deals with it. So it's a very common thing. Yeah. yeah. What are ways that you guys um try to to from a Christian perspective or from a fleshly perspective, what are ways that you've <laughs> tried to because we can be real about that. Um, what are ways that you've tried to fight imposter syndrome? I know that for me, um, I I have tried to fake it until I make it, which mm-hmm. I don't know if that is like godly advice, but I think it, it has worked for me in a lot of areas because I've had a lot of people come up to me and say, hey, you're so confident up there, or like what you're like, like leading worship or speaking or whatever it is, sharing your testimony. You just seem like you're so confident. And I'm like, really? Because I do not feel all that confidence inside, but I've been pretty good at faking it until you make it. And on one side of it, um, you can only fake it so long before people see what's really inside of you. So there's that side of it. But also I think um, 
when it comes to like jobs or things that you're trying to do or, or starting a podcast, um, faking it until you make it is actually it, it's it's more faith than it is fake because mm-hmm. you're you're saying in faith, hey, I I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to learn and I'm going to work hard and I'm going right. to get there. And until one day you look back and you're like, oh. I was faking it until I made it, but now I've made it and I'm not faking it anymore because I've done it. Mm-hmm. And right. so I think that side of it, faking it until you make it can be a good thing. So that's one way that I've, that I've tried to um, kind of just like fight imposter syndrome. But what about you guys? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a, that's an interesting question. I know that there's like, like Brooks was saying, when, when I was younger, um, I was homeschooled and all throughout my entire, you know, middle school, high school, every everything. And I felt imposter syndrome a, a lot. I was kind of timid. And someone who helped me a lot was my youth pastor, um, Alan. And he helped me kind of see a lot of the gifts that God was revealing in me and of leadership and, and uh, a lot of creative stuff. And he was just a huge part in that. But a, a, a part of of seeing seeing that when I was younger is that I almost I, I made a pretty drastic switch from being more timid to being a lot more um, outgoing. But at the um, what's the what's the word at the cost of being fake often as well. Like like you said, Brooks, like f- faking things and in a place of student leadership and youth group, I would do have a lot of those conversations where like, what, you know, what is, what does this mean? And I would feel the need to answer it. And so I just kind of went on. I don't know if you guys have experienced that where you just like start talking and you, you don't even like, you realize that you're talking about something, but you're also thinking about how I have no idea what I'm saying. And you're like kind of sweating (laughs) and you're like, I have to come to some sort of conclusion here soon. And I don't know what it is. And um, anyway, I did that a lot. And it fueled a, a couple of different things. Uh, one fuel that happened was, man, I don't ever need to give people advice again. <laughs> you know, um, I need to stop doing that. I'm not good enough. That was that was the negative imposter syndrome. And then another fuel that came up at, at some point was, I want to either learn more about the, uh, I want to both learn more about the word of God so I can teach it well. And also I learned this skill through my youth pastor of like, like you guys were talking about, um, saying, I don't know, (laughs) like, I I don't know. I'm 16. I don't, I don't really know. I've never experienced that before. Maybe go ask Alan, (laughs) you know, (laughs) that kind of, that kind of a skill. But I think, um, something, something to combat it with. I know that the enemy doesn't create anything. All he does is distort and mm-hmm. twist. So yeah, that's good. What something it, something I, I thought of um, actually earlier this morning is like the devil isn't creative. All he does, you know, is is twist God's truth. And mm-hmm. imposter syndrome, I thought of it this way: it's kind of like an evil cousin to humility, in a way, because um, God yeah. shows the people that were the most humble and moldable to do his work because they weren't full of the flat, their flesh and, and pride and all this stuff. And, um, a lot of the time, um, the humility that they had had undertones 
of imposter syndrome. It wasn't a perfect humility. Mm-hmm. Um, like Brooks and I were talking about this a little bit earlier, the idea of, of Moses, he was a humble person, but at the same time, it, it, what it was distorted, like his humility was distorted. Um, because when God asked him to do something, he was like, I can't do that. I, mm-hmm. I cannot do that. Do you know who I am? I can't speak. I'm not able to lead people. And, um, yeah, he, he, he had a false view. The devil had kind of tainted his, his view of himself and what God could do through him. And he's, and especially in like, um, what's that movie called? Uh, Prince of Egypt. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that idea that, that moment in the burning bush in the cave where God's just like, you know, um, he just had that authoritative voice and he's like, I am who I am and I will speak through you. And he, you know, ended up choosing Aaron to be his voice and stuff. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, I just think that's, that's an interesting thing to keep in mind. A way to combat it is keep, keep in mind that the devil, um, is a distorter of truth, you know, and, and to understand real truth and seek God's word to understand what, what it is, excuse me, what it is that God's trying to do through you. Um, and not just accept all of the, all of the uh, lies that the enemy tries to throw at you, if that makes sense. The accusations. Yeah. 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 That's really, really, really good. What about you, Brooks? Do you have like, do you feel like you first want to kind of fight it off with your flesh or do you just um, like take it to the Lord and say, Lord, like what, what are you saying about this? Yeah. I kind of try to get in a mindset or like pray through some stuff ahead of time. Mm-hmm. We just had um, a friend of mine on the podcast recently who was on uh, South Africa Idol, which was really cool. And he said, one of the questions we asked him was about his like posture and going into a pretty like intense like environment and how did he prepare his heart. And it was just like, he asked the Lord to protect him from certain things before he went into it. So, mm-hmm. hmm. Some of the things is I try to like set up my posture before I get into um, a situation. And one of the things is just like accepting that I'm a new kid, you know, mm-hmm. accepting that I'm a novice. Like whenever I started the job that I'm in now, I was like, you know what? I am new. <laughs> like <laughs> I am new. I am going to mess things up. I am going to mm-hmm. have to come ask for my boss to come down and like refund somebody because I, majorly messed up the transaction you know (laughs) like yeah 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 um I'm gonna say awkward things like Mm -hmm. I actually had a recent conversation with one of my floor managers we were like joking around and I was like yeah I've put my foot in my mouth a couple few times around you (laughs) and like went back (laughs) and like joked about some of the things I accidentally said that was just like (laughs) awkward (laughs) you know (laughs) um but kind of accepting like when we start things, we're going to have to, you know, stumble through um, a few things. We're going to have to mess up a few things. Um, we're going to be in- is incompetent. That's a word, right? Yes. <laughs> we're going to be incompetent for a while until, but there's no other way to learn other than to do, you know, and mm-hmm. to try mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. take those steps. Um, so Jacob and I kind of brainstormed on these things separately but I also um, leaned into Moses' story a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that 
I saw in Moses' story was like before he was called to like lead the Israelites through the wilderness for 40 years, he was being prepared by shepherding sheep for 40 years in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. So like, and he didn't know what he was being prepared for. So like when the Lord called him to do that, he had this experience in the wilderness. Um, Like he wasn't about to lead people in a place that um, he hadn't been before, you know? Mm -hmm. So like two things I can take away from that are whenever I'm in a, something in a situation that's like out of my comfort zone one thing I can think of is what is this discomfort preparing me for and what in the past has prepared me for this moment right now that's so so good yeah. I, so I think I'm just every like that moment. just hit my heart a little bit <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I think in every moment it's we've been prepared and it's preparing us for something yeah um a really good point yeah yeah so, oh so and then another another note i made on that was like the wax on wax off in, um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> in karate kid you know yeah like, and a lot of times we don't have the full picture we have a right. lot of like we have a lot of hindsight we see in part yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh, i want to go back to something that you said real quick i i i love that you said you just admitted you know what? i am new I am Mm going to mess things up. I am going to learn because there's two different approaches or tones of voice we could use when we say that. We could say, oh, I'm new. Oh, I'm going to mess up. What are they going to think of me? Oh, I don't don't have enough. Like I'm not enough for this job or this position or this pursuit. Um, But you're saying it from a confident stance where you're like, no, I am new. I am going to mess up. You're Mm. saying it as like with full confidence. So I love that. It's just a quick, it's like a really quick shift, heart posture shift. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think just like going back to the word of God and asking the Lord saying, Hey, this is how I feel about this, but what do you say? And I think that's where that shift happens where he's like, Mm -hmm. no, this is who you are. Um, Mm -hmm. And just being able to own that I think is, is a really good way to combat um, imposter syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to point that out. I was like, I love that. Just that little like confident shift. Mm -hmm. But I think it, it, like you said, like, what does the Lord say? I think it's rooted Mm -hmm. in who I am. Like, right. I'm not my, my mistakes, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not my stumbling. Um, and it just takes time sitting with the Lord and yeah. preparing your heart um, to be rooted in identity and, and being a child to walk into those situations. And then we can get into at some point, like whenever like the anxiety comes up in the moment, like that's a whole nother story because <laughs> sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard to like slow slow it down to like mm-hmm. view what's happening emotionally and mentally um, yeah. whenever you may be triggered. But yeah. True. Yeah. What about you, Jacob? Have you, can you like recall moments where you came to the Lord and said, God, like I need you to speak to me because this is how I'm feeling. Like have, have you ever heard God like say, say something back to you when you've come to him feeling that way? Feeling like uh, insecure and, and feeling the imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I, I'll have to think about that. I, I know there's a ton of instances where I had to embrace like my weakness because yeah. um, almost 
every time um, that I may struggle with imposter syndrome, it's because I maybe have been leaning on my own strength, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, that has been a lifelong struggle of mine to um, almost like a roller coaster of realizing my weakness, giving it to God, feeling empowered, and then running with that empowerment on my own (laughs) and Mm -hmm. kind of taking that. And then I'm like, oh, goodness, I run into a situation and God reminds me of of his power and the fact that I I can't do it alone. I can't just run with, um, you know, the gifts that he's given me and then cut him off from from that. Um, And it feels like it's been a a roller coaster. It's an upward roller coaster. I'm getting better and learning from my mistakes, but I'm I'm still uh it's still a, a a fault of mine that's very easy like falling onto my own strength because that's that's a very easy tendency for me to fall back to. Um but anyway, a, a verse that came to my mind is in 2 Corinthians um that says my grace is all that you need. My grace is all that you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast in my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. And that is the hardest thing to do for me yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, is to boast in my weakness because I want to boast in what? Um, in my in my accomplishments and the things <laughs> that I, I can I can for sure point to and say like, yeah, I've done this. I've, I've done, you know... Uh, fill in the blank. I've done all these creative things. So I can, I, I can grab that portion of my life now, you know, God, you don't have to, I don't have to give that to you anymore. I can, I can take over that, help me work on my weaknesses. Um, but this one I'm actually pretty good at, so I I can take care of this. Uh, that's, that's kind of my, um, yeah, flaw, (laughs) (laughs) an easy fallback for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's real. Yeah, I feel like it's something that we'll never fully, like, master. Like, I think it's going to come up the rest of our lives um, in yeah. Pastor Shinjima because our our relationship with God is an everyday thing. <laughs> it's not something that we just, like, get to a point where we're like, oh, I'm never going to struggle with this again. Um, I feel like these kind of things and, and fear, they're always going to creep up in some way. Mm-hmm. And so I think what I've learned this year just even through stepping out and podcasting is, like, okay, um, I might fail at this and I'm going to have to learn how to do everything. But like God, God is inviting me on the journey to say yes. And he's going to teach me and sustain me all the way through. And so I think what I've learned is just Mm -hmm. to like, you just have to start doing it, whatever it is, you have to just keep at it and start doing it. And sometimes, um, those things can teach us, oh, okay. Um, Maybe this is not something I'm supposed to continue. Maybe maybe I did fail, and that's okay. That doesn't mean I was an imposter. Um, That means that I was willing to try and get out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think when you look at it that way, it's like it's okay. It takes the pressure off, and like you can fail even if you fail publicly. Like it's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, But just to to keep doing things and to keep trying because as long as you are actively doing it or actively trying – um, then you're not an imposter. Like you're not being yeah. fake because you're putting everything into it and you're giving it 100%. And yeah. uh, that you sent us a podcast earlier this week about imposter syndrome and I kind of listened to it and I, I took a note on something he said. And yeah, he said, if you're acti- act- actively doing what you desire to do, 
than you are whatever that thing is. Mm-hmm. So so say I'm like when I first started podcasting, I even when you guys introduced me on your podcast, right at the beginning of my podcast, you said Kaylee's a podcaster. She's a songwriter. She's an interior designer. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it feels like so much pressure on the titles of those things. And I was like, because I'm just, you know, starting out and all of those things. I'm not where I want to be yet. So it, mm-hmm. it felt like, oh, that almost feels fake. Like I'm an imposter. But no, it's like I'm actively pursuing those things. I'm actively doing those mm-hmm. things. So I can actually. I can actually claim that title. I can say, yes, I am a podcaster because I'm actively doing it. I'm actively right. pursuing it and actively growing in it. And so I love that he pointed that out. I was like, that's really good because we often feel scared to actually claim those things or to give yeah. ourselves those titles of things that we are doing because we don't feel like we're where we want to be yet. Um, so I love that he said, as long as you're actively doing what you desire, then you are that thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's encouraging because I often want to hide and be like, no, I'm not that thing yet because I'm not at this certain point yet. Um, and so I just thought that was super, super encouraging. <laughs> yeah. I actually have a question for you, Kaylee. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you stewarded your heart slash surrendered your heart for the Lord to steward in failure? Yeah, I think that's something every day where I'm just like, or every time I release a podcast, I, it, the fear still comes up of being like, Mm -hmm. is this good enough? Or is this, is this content that people want to hear? Or even feeling like, oh, I I shouldn't have said that this or that. And -hmm. like, this is going to be there forever for people to hear. (laughs) So, you know, there's all, all those fears come up and I am, I'm only like six months into maybe not even six months, five months into podcasting. And still, I would say that the fear is still there almost as much as it was in the beginning. It's not that Mm -hmm. it's gone away. Yeah. Um, or that I've become like more confident or anything. Um, it's more just like I'm I'm constantly still willing to try and willing to fail and see where mm-hmm. the journey takes me. Um, and if it comes to a point where I'm like, you know, what, it didn't grow as much as I wanted it to, or I'm not at where I, where I wanted to be at this point. Um, and the Lord tells me, okay, that's like, okay, then you're like you're done. That's all I wanted from you was to see like to trust me, to, to mm-hmm. get out of your comfort zone and be willing to step outside of your fear. And now that you've taken that little step, that fear doesn't have that kind of hold on you. And and then I can take, I, I can ask you to take a bigger step in the future. And I know that mm. you're going to take it because yeah. you mm-hmm. obeyed. And so even if that's the result, that's not a failure because I learned from it and I, I walked in obedience and the Lord um, grew me through that and helped me to step out of my comfort zone. And I learned like communication skills and got to hear a lot of amazing stories, you know? So I would, I would definitely find the gold and find the beauty from it. Um, I'm not saying that I'm quitting my podcast, by the way, this is not, (laughs) I'm just saying if that were to happen, I wouldn't see it as a failure because I actively pursued it and I tried. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think viewing it that way, it's just a, a, every time I, I release a podcast, I'm surrendering it to God, and 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 it's God saying like You are enough. It doesn't matter what anybody else mm-hmm. thinks. You're doing this um, out of obedience and out of a heart mm-hmm. to serve people and to to share people's stories. So I think yeah, just viewing it viewing it like that does that answer your your question at all? Yeah. What I got from you saying that is, it depends on your definition of failure. <laughs> Exactly. And yes. And I I don't know if anywhere in scripture the Lord uses or labels something as a failure. Mm-hmm. Um I actually and, can't even think of one example. 
Yeah. Where he said, like, you failed. Let's take a moment and think. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As creatives, our perspective on um, the things we're creating matters. Um, And we literally can't see all the seeds planted. Mm -hmm. Um, And we literally can't even see all the benefits of how it benefits ourselves. Um, Mm -hmm. I was re-inspired. And I think Jacob, too, uh, listening back on the last um, episode we recorded. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, honestly, just being re-sparked on how much it matters. Um, no matter how many people, um, listen to this next episode, um, the impact of this person's story that we're sharing matters a ton. Mm-hmm. And, um, and his life is going to matter and in so many different ways, and he's going to, the person we talked with, it's going to impact so many more lives. Um, but just like the purpose of sharing it matters so much. Um, yeah. And it's going to outlast our podcast, you know? Right. Right. Um, and the way that things are scaled and measured in heaven and in eternity are so different than the way that things are measured here on earth. Mm-hmm. And so if we approach it with like a heavenly mindset where we're like in in, in eternity, the things that matter there are so different than what matters here where we're we're more worried about these superficial things and in fear of man and what people think and like levels of success. Whereas in eternity, none of those things were the things that mattered. It, right. it was like the position of your heart um, mm. and, and your relationship with God and with people and the way that you loved and served. And so, the, yeah, like you said, the seeds planted, like we'll get to heaven and be like, wow, look at the fruit of this and we may yeah. not have even seen it here, but we were faithful here. Exactly. And so, yeah. yeah, I think it's just, it's, it's a whole different measurement system. So it's, yeah. it's kind yeah. of just like, are we, are we viewing it failure and success through like an earthly mindset or through a heavenly mindset? Yeah. That's such a good point. Brooks, you mentioned something to me this morning. Um, I think it was this morning where it's like, um, our purpose is to win souls for the kingdom. What was, yeah, what was it that you said? That yeah. Um, look that up. I've been going through, I've been going through first Peter chapter one, verse eight says, though you've not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of souls. And that just kind of like, that answers any question of like, what's it all for? It's like, Mm -hmm. what's all this suffering (laughs) for? What's all this faith building for? Faith building is a uncomfortable process and it's like you're filled with this inexpressible and glorious joy because you're fulfilling the purpose of your faith and that is the salvation of souls so mm-hmm. it like really simple simplifies things um and makes it like that much more exciting whenever we don't know where those seeds are falling and it's right like, ah you're this is what your faith is for and like you are mm-hmm. fulfilling it even if it looks like little failures here and there um, yeah like it's not in vain mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's really good good point I think uh it's it's kind of like the idea I guess from the beginning of it's the the enemy trying to make us think about ourselves rather than have a kingdom perspective like if he can get us to think about ourselves and even if it feels justified, like, well, I'm trying to improve myself. This is a failure, so I'm I'm focusing on it so I can improve it. But that's that's the opposite. Like 
God doesn't ask us to look at our failures to improve him. He asks us to look not inward, but towards, towards him, towards his heart. And he's the one that perfects us, not us perfecting ourselves. And I read this thing this morning. Um, I'm reading this devotional book. Um, I've read it through me and Brooks have both read through this, uh, a lot. Um, it's called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. I read that this this morning, and it's talking about the Holy Spirit and how he's kind of like an, uh, an archaeologist in our heart, mm-hmm. where he he does... Well, I'll just read this little excerpt real quick. By This is written by Thomas Keating, um, and he compares God's work um, to like an archaeological... Uh, ar- archaeological site and he says this the spirit intends to investigate our whole life history layer by layer throwing out the junk and preserving the values that were appropriate to each stage of our human development eventually the spirit begins to dig into the bedrock of our earliest emotion emotional life hence as we progress toward the center where god actually is waiting for us we are naturally going to feel that we're getting worse this warns us that the spiritual journey is not a success story or or a career move. It is rather a series of humiliations of the false self. So I think that idea of like claiming the enemy trying to get us to claim our our flesh. And so that when God tries to uncover things that are not of him, we take offense to it and we get offended. Yeah. We're like, Oh gosh, I need to cover that back up. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't want anybody to see that, and it—it's not a like a, a a glamorous process of God pointing out the points of our life that are not of Him yet, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think the failure that I make, and I know it's it's a human it's human nature type thing. Everyone deals with this, but is trying to claim my flesh and feel personally responsible for it, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. And and why Jesus came in the first place is to say that is not you anymore. That is not your identity anymore. And he gives us authority as sons and daughters. That word authority has been a reoccurring thing in my life because um, I am I feel like I am more timid at times. And then there's times where I can fully walk in the authority that God has given me as a father, as a husband, as a leader in in youth group or whatever it is in the podcast. And the times that I walk in the authority and I actually accept it um, are so obvious in my mind. Like I know when I'm doing it, it's not by accident. Mm -hmm. I know when I'm, I'm ignoring my flesh because I, (laughs) I had to purposely do that. I had, cause it's, it's natural to want to hold on to my flesh. So I know when I'm letting go of that. And it's usually through a lot of prayer and saying, God, please help me to stop thinking about myself and my insecurities. I just want you to speak through me. I want to be a vessel for you. And that's, that's really hard to do, but it's the most like rewarding thing when it happens. And Mm -hmm. when I'm talking about right now, I'm just like, man, I just, why can't that be my life (laughs) all the time? Why can't we always feel that way? I feel God speaking over us. Yeah. Yeah. But um, anyway, that's just, I just think that authority thing and understanding that God is, or the the devil, keeping that in mind that the devil is trying to get you to claim your flesh. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's just this battle of this archaeological dig that the Holy Spirit's doing in your life to uncover 
and use your life almost like a museum when you get those bones out and you get to see them. It, it God uses them as a story, as your story that you can you can inspire and reach other people through your victories and God's victories through your life. You know, yeah, yeah. so so good. Uh, so Jacob, you yeah. are a father of a little girl. She is she's she's less than two, right? She's under yeah, two. Yeah, she's she's fifteen months. Um, what's today? Oh, yesterday. 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 So she's 15 oh. yesterday. Okay. Well, so you're a newer father then. Um, and I, I thought of this question because my sister, she recently had a baby three months ago. And mm-hmm. so she's a first time mom. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm seeing that like when you're becoming a parent for the first time, I think that's a major opportunity where the enemy tries to yeah. come in and, and make you feel like an imposter, like you don't know what you're doing or you're not going to be, he tries to tell you, you're not going to be a good father, a good mother. Um, yeah. And so have you, have you experienced that? Yeah, I, I guess, I guess I, uh, so leading up to being, I don't know if you guys know this, but there's like nine months before <laughs> when you find out you have a baby <laughs> yeah. um, and then you become an actual parent. But um God I had, did that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he did. Um, but I, I would say no. There's There's been aspects of that um, here and there with different parts of my life. But mm-hmm. I think for us, me and Taylor, it was such a point of intentional prayer mm-hmm. in, in saying, I, I want – and honestly, for years, before we even knew – we were going to be parents. And before I knew, even knew Taylor, parenting has been something of prayer. Like I want to do this so well. And there are times where I felt like I felt so much pressure. I wasn't even a parent. I wasn't even married. And I'm, I'm like feeling pressure of, and I've like worked through that. I don't know why that's such a pressure, but I'm like, I like the idea of mentoring kids. I love doing that. And I feel pressure in that that's amplified because this is my kid. Like mm-hmm. this is my child and they're going to they're going to put so much weight behind my words and I want to do that so well. And so it's that's anyway, it's just been a point of prayer for so long that leading up to it um I had the privilege of leading, you know, my wife in, through um pregnancy and helping and helping her keep a healthy perspective and and vice versa. And so it was just like this process of trusting God in in um, parenting that when we actually stepped into it, um, it was just so rewarding. And mm-hmm. I was talking about this with somebody else recently who came over and hung out for a while. But it was it was like even if there was hardships or things that were difficult, um, I think God just poured His grace on us to see them as just awesome opportunities to grow because I didn't, I can't think of things that were, <laughs> um, for me, I'm, I'm the husband. I didn't give birth and all that stuff, but, um, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't anything. <laughs> that was hard. Yeah. it wasn't hard for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, I guess I just, I just see it that way. The, the parts that was difficult for me was in, in times of like, after she was born and I'm, I'm out here, I'm out here working, um, I'm doing work and, um, I'm having to spend, uh, more time than I thought I would out working. And so I'm like, man, I'm not a very good dad. I'm not pouring into my, to my daughter. I'm not pouring into my wife. 
and those feelings, um, I wouldn't, I don't even know if I'd call them imposter syndrome. I, I guess they're distorted because in some ways it could be just the Holy Spirit prompting me to sit, to, to be like, well, yeah, you do, you need to be, do need to be more intentional with your time and you need to be, you know, prioritize your family. That's true. And I know I've, I've set goals this year. Like that is a priority in my life right now. They need to be, and they are the most important thing in my life. And, um, but I think the enemy can distort that and make me feel like you, you suck, you know, you're, you're not doing any of this. You're not a good father. Um, so I, I guess I'm trying to hold, hold, um, the Holy Spirit's prompting and nudging in right perspective and not, you know, get offended. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I guess that's to answer your question. That's, that's kind of what, um, I've been feeling over the last, um, <clears throat> excuse me, 15 months or, or so. So, yeah. Yeah. I just had a thought that I don't know if I can say this on a podcast, but I was just thinking that if the, if the Lord like gave you what you need to make a baby, He'll give you what you need to raise a baby. So, <laughs> no, that's such a good point. Um, a good but yeah, yeah, I feel like it's just like layers of God's grace and strength that He's going to give yeah. you. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, Brooks, do you have any other thoughts on imposter syndrome? Yeah. Well, I just wanted to share. I remember um, you wanted to you mentioned Peter and that you were learning things about imposter yes. syndrome from his life. Absolutely. This is actually my favorite passage in the Bible ever. I may find a new one later in life, but <laughs> at this age, currently, you can't switch, Brooks. I don't know if you know that you cannot switch. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Sorry Stick to break. They call it a life verse. <laughs> it's your whole life. No. Yeah. <laughs> Who made the rules? anyway it's uh john 21 and it's the last chapter in john but um yeah and i was thinking i'm like man i wonder if anybody else felt more of an imposter than peter after he denied jesus three times Mm. i'm just like yeah jesus like all right Peter was just like, no, I'll never let that happen to you, Jesus. I'll never leave you. Like, <laughs> I am here to the end with you. And then Jesus was like, you're going to deny me three times, you know. And he's like, Completely no. humbled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His pride got completely knocked down. <laughs> yep. And then after he denied Jesus, I, mean, I can't even imagine how much he was beating himself up. Just like, mm-hmm. man. I, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. I am not Being worthy. Being a disciple of Christ, yeah. But literally, he was like, "Man, we all know what to do. Like, let's just go fish. Let's yeah. just go do <laughs> what we know, what we're comfortable in." I don't even know about this Christian following Jesus stuff anymore. Let me just, I'm just gonna go fish. Yeah. And then, like, but Jesus had already um, revealed himself to them before a few mm-hmm. times after his resurrection, but they were just like out fishing. And then, but he hadn't had that conversation with Jesus yet about the whole denial thing. So I'm sure it was like a little awkward when he showed up in the room, when Jesus like ghost walked through the door, <laughs> the whole like Thomas scene. I'm sure it was like still a little awkward with Peter. Of like, Oh yeah. <laughs> that whole denial I, I, thing. I denied you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, do, um, do, do you remember that? Or no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but um, <laughs> yeah, just like I just love the story, the beautiful story of like they're out fishing and then like Jesus showed up the same exact way he showed up to Peter the first time of like, 
uh, yeah, cast your net over there. And he's like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Tell me to cast my net. Does he know who I am? I'm a professional fisherman. Um, but anyway, uh, the whole story of like a bunch of fish couldn't even hold it in the net or the boat. And then Jesus is just chilling there with a campfire and he had already like cooked breakfast for them. Um, but the point I wanted to bring or the thing I wanted to point out about imposter syndrome was like he had that time where Jesus restored him with his truth and his word. Mm -hmm. Like, do you love me? Do you love me? Feed my sheep. This is what I'm calling you to do. I'm actually calling you to be like the rock to which I'm going to build my church on. And this is who Mm. you are. This is your name. And then he like gave him this confidence of like, this is what you can confidently look forward to. Yeah. My purpose for you. Um, And then another funny thing I wanted to point out was like, he immediately went to comparison after that. He was like, what about John? Like (laughs) John was following them in -hmm. that conversation. Like even through this tearjerker of like restoration, he's like, well, what about John? Like, what's he going to (laughs) do? And it's like this whole, this whole conversation about, um, imposter syndrome like comparison can still creep in and then yeah. it was just like well what's it to you mm-hmm. and it's like it's just that reminder again of like hone in on Jesus's truth over your life mm-hmm. uh, and even so like don't get caught up of like well what about their podcast <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. they just put out an album they're putting right. three songs out this year you know yeah. yeah, I think it's that's a good point of like the God chose these twelve disciples and they're all probably like looking at each other, measuring up, like <laughs> yeah. you know, why why did God choose these guys? What are what are they gonna do? And and also just the comparison of like, oh my gosh, Jesus chose us. There's so much weight to this. Like we we're responsible of sharing the gospel to the whole world, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and just not feeling like enough. But but God chose people that were like us, that were just perfectly a mess and perfectly human and Mm -hmm. also struggled with comparison and pride um, and and imposter syndrome. So I think that's a beautiful example. We hope you enjoyed our collaboration with Kaylee Grace from the Share the Gold podcast. Thanks again, Kaylee, for leading us through this topic. Go check out Share the Gold on all major podcast platforms. We look forward to sharing another freshly squeezed conversation with you all next Tuesday. Until then, as always, stay fresh.